Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Basor, and today is episode 35. And I'm excited to have on good friend and a man with many titles, uh, Nick Sattel. Nick, thanks for uh, being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Really excited to be on the, the Smoke and Rope, finally. Nice, nice. Yeah, long overdue. Long overdue. Tom, what's happening up in Kalkaska? Oh, what's happening? Oh, it's a beautiful day on the farm, man. Uh, we've got some old favorites back in rotation, and everyone's pretty pumped with the flower that's been coming out. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. Loving it. I've been I've been hearing uh, some pretty great things about the donkey butter, um, and I know that's just going out. So I'm I actually got to to test it uh, with uh, uh, our friend that uh, came, was up there and bought it at the store. So it was awesome. Awesome. I to tell you that. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's cool. Coming out with, keep coming up with new stuff. It's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Exciting. So I want to give uh, Nick Nick a little uh, longer introduction. Like always, I first uh, um, met Nick in 2015, uh, late in the year, and. Uh, I just got out of prison and started working with MI Legal Eyes, uh, kind of undercover. And uh, Nick was big time involved with MI Legal Eyes, and I had known about him. Um, he's a board member, a young, pretty young guy back at that point. That was a while ago. Shoot, that's like six years ago. And uh, um, you know, and uh, Nick had uh, cut his teeth. Uh, he's University of Michigan uh, graduate now, but with uh, students for uh, sensible drug policy, super involved with that, and uh, a big advocate. And then always. Uh, also with uh, with Hashbash, uh, along with that as a student, and and then since then, and that's what we're going to talk a bit about today is the the 50th anniversary, the virtual part of Hashbash Nick's helping with, and and then uh, also decrim nature and things of that. But uh, Nick's uh, Nick's been in the movement at a, at an early time and an early age, and uh, has always done it. You know, was always kind of the young guy that spoke really well and was well put together, and uh, it was pretty impressive. So I, m- I remember. Uh, thinking that about you nick and now uh you know you've you've been in the industry some you're deciding what you want to do you're still advocating and uh just generally enjoying life so looking forward to hearing about hash bash decrim nature um you know nick's also a guy i like to share funny texts with uh always in communication at least once a month we won't get into that though (laughs) Uh, and with that nick uh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh tell everyone just a couple minutes about your your background and uh, life in muskegon growing up and then uh um, uh, you know, get into hash bash and decrim. Yeah, thank you for, for that introduction. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, so as Ryan mentioned, I got involved when I was a student um, at the University of Michigan through a group, Students for Sensible Drug Policy. Um, if there are any young people listening, um, it's, it's really great group, just way for young folks to meet other young folks interested in ending the war on drugs. So that was really... Um, you know, really integral for me getting involved with both Hashbash and eventually MI Legalize. And we even, it's funny, before I knew Ryan in person, I I knew the name and it took a while um, until I actually had met him to realize that we'd attended some 
rallies, um, you know, in uh, in his name, and you know, when he was um, part of the Okemo Seven back in uh, 2010. And so it was, you know, I was a part of things I didn't even quite realize. Um, and there was always a student who needed to reserve the Diag for the University of Michigan um, to put on the Hash Bash. And I was that student one year and it kind of uh, carried on through, through the next few years. And I uh, worked with a bunch of local activists and advocates to, to make Hash Bash what it is today. And we'll get into that a little bit. Um, so sometime uh, shortly after school, uh, I was working with Matt Abel and Tom Levine at the Cannabis Council Law Firm. Uh, with Chuck Ream and really at the at the um, behest of uh, Jeff Hank, you know, sort of his brainchild with Chuck Ream to put the um, MI Legalized board together. We had a big brunch, talked about what needed to be done in Michigan. Some really important bills had just failed to pass lame duck and we decided that we couldn't rely on our legislature and we needed to take to the streets, take to the petition board and um, you know, get legalization passed on, on our own. So we started that in 2015 and, you know, worked all the way through November 2018 until, you know, we got the job done. And uh, yeah, after that, I worked at the Home of Medicine in Ann Arbor as a manager. Um, and yeah, still like to stay involved and, um, you know, advocate for what I think, you know, is right in the industry and ending the war on drugs in a, in a greater sense. That's awesome, Nick. Um, I forgot about working with Matt Abel too, and then obviously the home you've got to, you know, get the. And actually, we even uh, one of the cool things too. Uh, we even uh, it's not easy to do. So, congrats. We actually pulled off a consulting property deal together. So, uh, you know, that was a uh, quite an experience as well. That's yeah, not, that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, that was in the in, that was in the industry too. So, why don't you? Uh, I know uh, I know Real Leaf and uh, Redemption and then uh, True Cannabis through Redemption. We're all sponsoring Hash Bash and uh, the virtual. Why don't you tell us what's going on with that? Who's involved? Who are the speakers? I've been on a couple of the. Cl- my only clubhouse uh, calls have been on <laughs> Hash Bash with Mark Passerini, so I know a little bit what's going on. So uh, why don't you uh, tell us about that, please? Um, yeah, same. Those have been my only clubhouse calls as well. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this year's Hash Bash. So it, Hash Bash started in 1972. It was a rally. Um, it was really a big smoke in a lot of the the young, young people, the White Panthers, the... Um, you know, the, the Rainbow People's Coalition in Ann Arbor, they um, they staged a sort of protest on April 1st as a result of some new marijuana laws, new drug laws that were going into effect in Michigan because the earlier drug laws or the marijuana laws had been ruled unconstitutional. So there was this, um, you know, beautiful little three-week period in Michigan where cannabis was essentially not necessarily legal for sale or anything, but it wasn't illegal. There were the laws were stricken from the book. So I think that happened in a few other states as well. But Michigan was actually one of the first states in that regards to uh, um, to decriminalize cannabis. So John Sinclair played a really big role in that. He was sort of the um, the the cause of the day in a big way for getting sent to sentenced to nine and a half to 10 years for giving away two joints. You know, what today is just a really simple, simple gesture <laughs> and uh, you know, a really nice thing to do. Um, he gave two joints to some undercover cops 
and uh, I think it might have been his third strike or so, and so they wanted to lock him away, put away the key, and uh, really make an example of him. So there was a big concert at Chrysler Arena where the U of M basketball team plays. They had John Lennon and Yoko Ono at their first U.S. appearance since the Beatles broke up, I believe. Stevie Wonder isn't listed, but he made a guest appearance. Um, Commander Cody and then also, you know, some Black Panthers like Bobby Seale and uh, just a really um, some notable hippie activists and yippies like uh, Abby Hoffman and Allen Ginsberg, the poet. So many people came and spoke out about that injustice. And that was in the December of 71. And so shortly thereafter in 72, um, John Sinclair was let out of jail and they wanted to, when those laws were going back into effect, they wanted to kind of stick it to the man, um, say, fuck you to the police, and just had a big, big turnout on the U of M Diag. And it continued for years after that on April 1st. Um, and then Adam Brooke and some folks really revived it and made it what it was with high times um, in the 90s and made it this big blowout day. Uh, Charlie Strackbine in the 2000s brought the Monroe Street Fair to it to give it a um, you know a more commercial uh, they give the commercial entities a, a place to set up with booths, a place to safely medicate that's off campus because campus uh, is a part of the state. So Ann Arbor decriminalized marijuana, but the campus it was still illegal for a long time. So that's sort of um, you know the the history in a in a big nutshell. Uh, but this year, um, you know, we're, we're equal parts dismayed that we're not having the official 50th Hash Bash in person and equal parts, um, you know, excited to try some new things with this new format. Uh, everything in the last year has gone to a digital format. Hash Bash last year um, was right at the, the very start, the very onset of the pandemic. So Jamie Lowell and Michael Kamorn and some, some people really got together to, to transfer what we had planned to the digital format. And it worked really well. We still were able to get a lot of uh, great speakers that we had on the lineup, you know, some, some bigger names like Tommy Chong and uh, um, Congressperson Debbie Dingell. Um, and then we had so many from the Michigan community, like Tim Back and um, you know Matt Abel, and just so many people that were able to hop on the witties um, and you know say something. So it, it was really important for the community. This year, we're really excited because we're trying something new. And one thing I wanted to avoid a little bit was the you know um, multi-paneled Zoom aesthetic um, that everyone you know has been just. So many people have had to, you know, hunker down in front of their computer for such extended periods of time on these Zoom calls. So I wanted to, you know, make it more of a variety show. I think, you know, Saturday Night Live has done a great job of adjusting to the pandemic and different award shows. Um, you know, they they make it still lively. You know, it's, it's hard to even sit down and watch, you know, a full concert or a full speech. So we're trying to break things up and. We've got a really stellar speakers lineup. Um, you know, we do have uh, some some state and local politicians, such as the the ever popular uh, state senator Jeff Irwin out of Ann Arbor. Um, 
Congresswoman Debbie Dingell and Attorney General Dana Nessel will be making a uh, return appearance. Um, Earl Blumenhauer is a U.S. congressman out of uh, Oregon as well, and he's been a longtime champion of cannabis reform. He'll be there. But we also have um, some some great athletes from, from Michigan, um, from Detroit Lion, Calvin Johnson, who's been really involved in the industry in Michigan for a while, to Darren McCarty, who likewise has, has his own um, brands going on right now. And, you know, that's really exciting. In addition, we wanted to make sure that we're not just staggering speech after speech after speech. We're going to be breaking this up with uh, a few interviews done by by Rick Thompson. Um, and we're going to have some performances by Cosmic Knot and Laith Al-Sadi and uh, Laganja Estranja. And it's all going to be um, emceed by uh, Anquinette uh, Jameson Sarfo. And she's just, you know, been a incredible advocate for for the um, industry and for legalization. Uh, if you're not familiar with her story, um, she can definitely tell it better than I can. So look up some clips of her. Of Anquinette we've had uh, we've had Q on the show twice. So. Nice. Yeah. And she's, you know, just got a, um, you know, great story to tell and came on board with MI Legalize, I think in yep. 20, 2018, maybe, maybe before that. And that just, Weber's End meeting you know, was uh, when I first met her right after we decided to, to go again, you know, it was cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that would have been 2017. Um, yep. It all, it all blends together a little. Oh bit. man. That's, yeah, that's so, how you I, know, uh, she was a Fox two news anchor. She knows how to talk and, um, knows how to introduce people and elicit the best responses out of people too. So it's going to be really fun and exciting. Yeah, that's cool. We also got, uh, I know like all the sports cover, Joel Zumaya and Al Harrington. So, um, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. All the, all the, all the major sports. We just need like someone from the Michigan curling league, you know, and we'll have, <laughs> a, we'll have it all. Oh man. And then, of course, you know, so many notable local activists and organizations, um, the, uh, you know, Michigan Cannabis Caucus of the Democratic Party, Decriminalized Nature, National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, Students for Sensible Drug Policy. I mean, we wanted to make Hashbash just a big forum for the community, by the community, you know, one of those um, kind of like nothing for us without us type of a thing. Yeah, we're, we're super pumped to be a sponsor for Hash Bash this year and really looking forward to, you know, seeing it move into the digital age and giving people an option that can't make it in the future when we can get together in person to still have that um, format might, might be really helpful. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about uh, decriminalized nature really quick. Um, if people don't really know what that is, uh, decriminalized nature, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we were looking to legalize the possession and personal use of entheogenic plants, right? And then yep. uh, that means any cactus or mushroom or plant containing ibogaine or DMT. In Michigan, yeah. do you have anything else added to that list? Well, um, yeah, mushrooms and cactus, like the typical magic mushrooms and uh, San Pedro cactus, I think, is legal to have, but not to propagate um, already, and peyote buttons. But then you mentioned ibogaine and DMT, and those are uh, 
you know, they come from different roots and seeds and they're popular in different parts of the world, but they also have, um, you know, deeply therapeutic value if, if done properly and administered in the right setting. So we wanted to really put, um, you know, this, this plant medicine kind of at the, uh, you know, back in the forefront of the conversation, it seems like it was, it's popular enough that it could be attainable at the city council level. And sure enough, they were able to do that in Ann Arbor and there are decriminalized nature chapters that are working on a, a handful of other cities. So, you know, Julie Barron, Jim Salame, Mike, Michael File Williams, Colin McDougall, there's so many involved that are doing great work with that organization. I'm kind of, you know, off on the the side as a, as a cheerleader. Um, but yeah, I really uh, appreciate the work they're doing because those are very, it's important that, you know, I think most drugs, all drugs should be decriminalized. Um, but I also believe in incrementalism personally. So I'm happy to see things move along one step at a time, if, if that's what it takes. Well, and it also, we need to start focusing on things as a, um, you know, a social medical type um more mm -hmm. than a criminal yeah. type situation how we handle a lot of things in our society i think we would benefit from that and unlocking the powers of these plants is a huge step in that direction it's the next frontier really to for real freedom for the human human race really yeah absolutely and you know they're I mean, they, they, they've been traditionally important plants and medicines in a lot of different cultures. Um, and I know that Decriminalized Nature, the members of that organization, they can speak to this um, from a you know better educated standpoint than I can. But they're they're facing a lot of the similar struggles that cannabis is where, you know, they don't want to just legalize mushrooms for one company to sell mushrooms, you know, and completely bastardize the industry and integrity of the medicine, you know, and there's a certain amount of it that needs to be kind of um, certain amount of tradition and culture that really needs to be kept intact for it all to work, I think. Um, but I'm really excited to see these, these, this progress made, you know, I went to a decriminalized nature meeting in Ann Arbor and there were it was sort of like a round table discussion and there, you know, we ran out of chairs. There were like 35 of us. And I was thinking back to, you know, 2010 going to similar cannabis meetings and yeah, there might be 25 of us, but we were from all over the state, you know, people drove from, you know, Traverse city to, to Grand Rapids or Lansing or whatever, just to gather and talk about some of these things. So I think that, yeah. You know, the people waving the flag for cannabis in a big way paved the way for, for um, you know, this kind of progress to be made. Have an open forum of discussion, you know, just to get real about things finally. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, that's what's really cool as I'm seeing with with mushrooms and and I love like I had a few a couple points to make then I got a question um, or your your take your experience with it but like for me personally I know like mushrooms like you know, I, when I was in my twenties there was a year I took I took mushrooms every weekend the, for the one year straight <laughs> and then I didn't take them again for eight years like so but like it it helped me with issues I was having like it's what what I knew I needed you know so. I love it and I just know a lot of people that I know now um, I'm not you know like I just know of mushrooms being propagated in a lot of basements and people using them and a lot of micro dosing is becoming 
popular mm-hmm. in you know like wall street you know the micro dose and all that. that that's great and all but like at least it's uh you know that that's catching on so but besides that um one thing i like to talk about is like politics local initiatives i had a, a, a conversation with a really really brilliant clark hill attorney uh yesterday and he was calling me asking about getting hands on some of the local initiatives as comparison because they're going to be doing one for another um uh industry and uh but like just like having that knowledge of government like we did it out of necessity to change the laws but like yeah. like just having that intimate knowledge of doing the the high level work of figuring it out to also being on the ground collecting signatures doing the pr you know we did all that stuff you did a lot a lot of that stuff and cut your teeth now um we got all these cannabis people that understand politics inside out you know which is which is cool and have relationships but now that's passed on to you got all these people nationally and locally that know uh, advocating for mushrooms and you know in the decrim and and they know the system we know the playbook so um you know what has it been like for you i know like politically like that whole process i, I find it fascinating now talking i mean you talk to a lot of politicians and and just the knowledge level that we we had to get to even be here yeah no that's it's a great point you raise and i guess it's a couple of great points because i know that because cannabis was illegal it really forced a lot of the cannabis advocates and enthusiasts to be a little bit more politically savvy because, you know, it was out of necessity. We saw our friends going to jail and getting getting arrested. And so we knew, you know, the names of like the Oakland County prosecutor. And that's not something most people are familiar with. You can ask most people in Michigan, who's your attorney general? And they, they you know, maybe like one or two out of five would know, but you ask a cannabis person and most most people have known since, you know, 2010 Bill because Bill Schuette was our enemy and now Dana Nessel's our friend. So it's important for us to know these people because what they do affects us greatly. Um, so, you know, that's a really great point that, you know, we had to kind of be present and be on our toes and keep a watchful eye on things. Um, and also we had to learn. We had to learn how to change the laws ourselves. We had to learn how to lobby and go talk to go talk to state reps. And then you realize like, oh, I'm just talking to Jeff Irwin or Yusuf Rabi or Stephanie Chang. And like they're, you know, they just want to hear what you have to say, you know, but they might have a, you know, like somewhere to be. <laughs> but, you know, that was always really um, important for us, I think, because it, it gave us that familiarity again with all the different people in different areas. And we learned how to petition. Um, you know, it's, it's not the easiest, but it's not necessarily rocket science. And it takes, uh, just a lot of bureaucracy, you know, filling out forms, crossing T's and dotting lowercase J's. And, you know, it, it was a process that we're very fortunate to have in Michigan and in a democratic system in the U S because it allows us to say, you know what, my legislators aren't listening to me. My attorney general is an absolute Nazi, Bill Schuette. And, uh, you know, we need to do this ourselves. And we have enough people who believe in this. So you can write a law, collect signatures, and put it in front of the voter and let them decide. And it's incredibly important for, for us to, you know, have that knowledge because we carry it past legalization. We started 
in all these cities, you know, 16 or 17 cities in Michigan decriminalized marijuana or made it a low law enforcement priority. And then we all got together and worked our asses off to um, make it a statewide effort and passed that. And now we can, you know, go back to doing it locally. And, you know, uh, like Sam Pernick just flipped a bunch of cities to, to allow dispensaries and cultivation. And, you know, it creates jobs. And, you know, some of these cities voted, 70% of them voted for legalization, but you still have a couple, um, you know, just die hard traditionalists, prohibitionists on the city council. And they just say, no, we can't have, we can't have that in my backyard. And that's what everyone wants in their backyard. So, or, you know, the majority of the voters. So it's, uh, it's, it's turning a new leaf in a lot of, a lot of big ways, a real, real leaf. So. Oh yeah. 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 I forget. Uh, Oh, Oh, Sam, uh, you know, anyone knows about it. We've all talked talked about it for years about the petitioning. We knew it was coming, but you got to execute. And shout out to Sam for executing. That's not easy at all. Yeah, um, he's pretty tenacious. Yeah, seriously, yeah, he's a, it's a good fundraiser too. So uh, yeah, um, I wanted to ask you, Nick. Uh, I don't know much about it. Uh, I would have been. I would have loved to have been it in, in when I was in college. But tell us a little bit about Students for Sensible Drug Policy. Um, I've gotten the chance over like going to DC and lobbying and, and being in different groups to, to meet some of the, the, the heads of it and the people and yourself. It's been, it's been wonderful. So, uh, yeah, tell us about that, how you got started in that and what it does and what's going on today. Yeah. So I, I really, I mean, I owe a lot to that organization and it's, it's, it's funny you asked how I got involved and I hadn't thought about this in years probably, but I, was a freshman on campus, so I'm probably like walking around with a with a backpack. I had dreadlocks, you know. I fit the bill at the time, but I I saw a, like everywhere I went on campus, I would see these like chalk drawings on the ground that would say, you know, something like four out of five Americans think the drug war failed. Do you agree? You know, come to this meeting. And there were some other you know things like that. And you know, I was pretty vocal at the time, you know, and when I was in high school, but, you know, never in any, you know, I'd never stood in front of a podium to tell people to legalize it. And I went to this meeting and met someone, you know, from uh, someone I kind of, who I'm still really good friends with. Uh, and we, we met there, but we'd recognize each other from like bus stops or something. And yeah, they, they played this video and I remember it very vividly. It had, um, sort of who's who of cannabis uh, advocates. Like I remember Howard Wooldridge, who uh, is you know, from Michigan and he's a cop and he was with Law Enforcement Action Partnership is what they're called now. And he had a big shirt that said, cops say legalized drugs, ask me why. And Ethan Nadelman, who, who founded the DPA, uh, the Drug Policy Alliance. And they were just talking about how bad the war on drugs has been and why it's a it's a civil liberty, you know, and that this is a, as like Tom said, it's a, this is either a medical or a social problem. It's not a criminal problem um, unless they commit a real crime, in which case we have those laws already. So I stayed involved. Um, I thought the world of the, the people in my, my local chapter and eventually got to go to um, a Midwestern conference and then a, you know, a conference in DC. And I saw that you know, there were there were these there's this network, you know, of like minded young folks across the country. 
And, you know, we were sharing ideas. None of us had it right, but we all had different thoughts and, you know, different ambitions. Um, and the organization was founded, I got involved in 2009, but the organization was founded in, I think, 98 as a response to a really bad provision that Clinton administration had added to the Higher Education Act. It was that if you got a drug conviction, at the time, even one drug conviction, you'd lose all financial aid. So, you know, I remember having friends who had to drop out of college because they got caught with a joint and, you know, took a plea bargain. And so, <clears throat> you know, that doesn't, that never sat well with me. And, you know, to know that there was a whole organization birthed out of that was really incredible. And it, it provided me a lot. I'm still involved with the the Alumni Association, and uh, they just announced a new executive director. Um, Betty Aldworth had done it for a long time, and she did a great job, seriously tenacious human being. And then now it's Jason Ortiz, who is just also a really great thought leader, someone who, you know, really kind of can keep, you know, cannabis a hot button issue and talk about the, the delicate and sometimes sensitive uh, things that you know people in the industry might not even want to hear so I'm excited to see what they do in the in the coming years so it was a, it was a really you know formative period in my life and uh, I'm, I'm still glad I have friends all over the country now from that that you know I like to see when <clears throat> when I travel <clears throat> speaking of that what uh, where are you at now I know uh, I've, I've, I've <laughs> talked to you a couple of times you were in Oklahoma City in the ice storm and and heading west, yeah, what's going on? That's true. Um, I am in Seattle right now. So I moved here. I spent the last uh, month kind of road tripping out here. Um, I thought if I went south, that would be a good way to avoid the bad weather. And I ended up in Texas and Oklahoma during a freak snowstorm. So That's awesome. But, hey, Nick, working yeah, now. Yeah, I, that's uh, that's great. Uh, I'm glad you're out there doing doing what you want to do. And in this world right now, you're still able to be a part of Hash Bash and you know talk to us. And it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So and back to Hash Bash, I do want to mention that it will be um, streamed April 3rd. It's always the first Saturday of April, and it takes place. It kicks off at high noon. Um, and to view it, you'll be able to go to Twitch. It's going to be streamed on Twitch, and we're going to do it on a few other platforms, but it's going to be streamed from twitch.tv slash a2hashbash. Uh, you can always find us on Instagram at a Ann Arbor Hashbash or Twitter at a2hashbash. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's going to be really exciting. We've got a great group of organizers this year with... Jim Salame, who's also involved with Decrim Nature, uh, Jamie Lowell, Rick Thompson, um, Jamie Jamie Goswick, and uh, Anquinette, um, and Mark Mark Passerini, just people who volunteer their time to work really hard on this, and yeah, it should be should be pretty fun, um, fun little production, and we'll have we'll be able to review it and rewatch it as uh, after the event as well. Yep. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, I know we could talk all day on this, and uh, um, I also is uh, is it, there is another. There's always going to be. There's, there'll be a pro, you know. This is a virtual, but there will be a, a protest. I'm sure on the Absolutely. dialogue as well, and I'm probably I might find my my way down there. Uh, you know, because <laughs> uh, open air and I'll be safe. But uh, love love that. Love both aspects of it. I think it all works together, and 
Michigan's got like such great history with with all the activists and uh Man, I love it. So, Seriously. Uh, yeah. No. So with that, um, I wanted to give a chance to, uh, before we sign off. Tom, you got any final thoughts or uh, for the people or Nick? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I just wanted to say prohibition doesn't work. It's never worked. Um, keep fighting the good fight, brother. And I'm looking forward to see you on April 3rd. Hey, right on, man. And thank you again for being a sponsor. You know, thank you to all oh, of, of our sponsors. Um, you know, it's. If, if anyone is interested, um, that's listening, you know, wants to know how they can get involved in Hashbash, uh, present or future, um, get a hold of me. We really, uh, um, you know, we really rely on the community to support this fest and to put it on. It's put on just by regular, regular folks who dedicate their time to it. So, um, yeah, we're really excited this year and appreciative of all the support from True, Real Leaf, um, the botanical company so on and so forth there's a lot so stay tuned and find out everybody that does support the event uh, man thanks uh thanks nick i uh you know i was just kind of thinking you made me think about this. this is episode 35 and uh you know like just all the history we talked about here all the cool relationships that are in michigan and the history of activism and so many other people that uh, we haven't even had on the show yet that uh could tell you know, amazing stories like that. So feel really fortunate. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, and that's kind of with the spirit of hash bash too. I mean, there's people going back. That's going to be there from John Sinclair, Adam Brook, uh, you know, and, and the whole, the whole crew, you know, lace, lace, lace a part of hash bash, you know, he was there doing it before, you know, he, he became famous that whole day. So it's, it's awesome. I'm excited. And then for, uh, Anybody out there that's listening, I know, and uh, down in Jackson, uh, in prison, or some of the other spots, um, we're doing. We got a lot of new stuff happening with with the MC uh, Michigan Cannabis Freedom Coalition, and we're working hard to to help you guys out. And uh, you know, and then anyone else out there listening, uh, go ahead and uh, share this if you feel like it. Anyone wants to know about the history of Hash Bash and a little bit more about it. I learned some new stuff, as always, talking to Nick. And uh, man, thanks for being on. And we'll see everybody next week. Thanks again for having me. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan. The Smoking Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.